Welcome to the Colonial Hills Podcast, a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church. The Bible is full of revealing and insightful contrasts that give us a visual understanding of our nature and the stark differences between obedience to the Lord and turning our back on the Lord and going about our own sinful way. At the end of Acts 4, we see the account of Barnabas. He saw a need among the people assembled in Jerusalem, waiting for the return of the Lord, and proclaiming his gospel. The Bible commends his action of selling this property because it came from an honest and godly heart. At the beginning of Acts chapter 5, the story flips to reveal the sad ending of two people, Ananias and his wife Sapphira who thought that they could enjoy the positive appreciation that was attributed to Barnabas, but they wanted to get it deceitfully. They paint a sorry and discouraging picture. Hypocrisy is always a wicked mask. To show even more hypocrisy, his name means God is gracious and hers is beautiful. They kept part of the money of the land that they sold and lied to the apostles of what they were supposedly doing for the church. Just hearing their names now brings a sorrowful feeling for what they did and the severe judgment that they received. Now, we hear a lot today about unmasking. It is done to reveal the identity of someone under surveillance by our government. With the help and revelation of the Holy Spirit, Peter unmasks them to reveal the deceit in their hearts, thinking that they could fool the Lord and his leaders. But why the severe judgment? They were not required to give anything to the apostles. Neither was the amount of money important in itself. The problem was that they honored the feet of the apostles more than the eyes of God, the Bible says. Jesus knew how seductive and deceptive a show of godliness can be. He wanted to sort out those who were giving to please the public and those who were completely devoted to serving the Lord. Acts 5 continues with more contrasts. We are reintroduced to the high priest and the Sadducees and later the Apostle Paul's teacher, Gamaliel. We might want to think that the Sadducees were the liberals of their day. According to Acts 23 and verse 8, they denied the existence of angels and spirits and any idea of the resurrection. The Sadducees were the first to oppose the new church in Acts chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. The great Bible teacher J. Gresham Machen, who wrote the influential work on theological liberalism called Christianity and Liberalism in 1923, he defined liberalism as that movement that is rooted in naturalism, he said, that is, in the denial of any entrance of the creative power of God. By that definition, the Sadducees fit that description because of their denial of the resurrection and angels and spirits. They would be what we would call anti-supernaturalists. Now, the Bible tells us that the high priests and Sadducees were full of indignation, which means they were jealous and literally steaming over the apostles' preaching and ministry to people. So they thought that they could throw them into prison and that they would be through with them and they had the upper hand in the matter. But in contrast, the Lord in his divine humor opened the prison doors and brought them out. He instructed them to preach again in the temple 
Now, when the officers of the prison found them gone, they told the priests that the doors were still locked and the guards were still in place. But the prisoners were preaching in the temple. This was God's way of saying all the time that they are on the earth, that no one can silence the gospel being proclaimed. When the apostles were brought again in front of the high priest, the men declared these seminal words, We ought to obey God rather than man. But then we're introduced to another man, Gamaliel, and he's in the middle position of this battle, what we would call a moderate. He was a grandson of Hillel, the founder of the dynasty of teachers in a school of rabbinic scholarship that was to last for centuries. He would be what you would call balanced in his views. He avoided all extremes and approached problems with caution. In Acts chapter 5, verse 34, it says that he had a reputation among all people. That is, he was honored by all people. Gamaliel associated Jesus to minor characters of their recent past, Thutis and Judas the Galilean. Both men had been killed and their followers and influence eventually faded away. So Gamaliel reasoned, why not just wait and see what happens to this new movement? He gave a very pious answer in verse 39 by saying, But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest happily you be found even to fight against God. Well, what could anybody say to that? But still, by contrast, the high priest and his cohorts couldn't let these disciples go unscathed. In verse 40, the apostles were beaten again and commanded again not to speak in the name of Jesus Christ. But is that what they did? Remember that they had said they wanted to obey God rather than man, so they did not think that they could shut up for good. Look at verses 43 and 44. They departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. In looking honestly at our lives, it is full of contrasts. The fight between the world and the devil is real. It can cause huge harm in an inconsistent life for him. To view the courage and the devotion of these apostles in Acts 5 is such a shocking change to seeing how they acted in immature and godless ways and not too long ago. But that's the way God did with them in a very brief time period, and it can be the same for us. The time between the crucifixion and the beginning of the church in Acts 2 and 3 was just a matter of months. But that's what God's grace and his word can do for the believer. Listen to this account of the remarkable Scottish preacher Robert Murray McShane. Robert Murray McShane had a godly older brother, David, and Robert took to the world having loved the froth and the tinsel of the world. But one night when he was home and heard his brother agonizing in prayer for him, he asked, Am I that bad, Davy? Now, David was eight years older than Robert. His health wasn't very good. At 18, Robert enrolled in Edinburgh University. He won ward after award. But it was in that year that his older brother David passed away. Robert was heartbroken. He was never to be the same. He began to seek the Lord and his Savior. Shortly after finding the Savior, Robert wrote his first hymn, 
Jehovah Sin Kinu, the Lord our righteousness. It is a personal testimony to his conversion and to having um, rested in his own righteousness until awakened by the fervent prayers of an elder brother. Now, Robert excelled in art and languages, math and theology. But at 23, he began his famous ministry at St. Peter's Church in Dundee, Scotland. After three years, his congregation often numbered over 2,000. Many were seeking the Lord. He was only 29 when he died due to ministering to the sick and died of typhus epidemic. His friend, Andrew Bonar, who, en who engraved him on the pages that belong to the ages, it is one of the finest biographies of a man that God had ever written, man of God that was ever written. A visitor who went to St. Peter's Church many years later found an old sexton who was known to McShane. The young clergyman visited, visitor said he wanted to know everything he could about McShane. The old sexton took the young man to his study. There were books which belonged to McShane still lying on his desk. The sexton said, Now sit down here in McShane's chair. Put your elbows on the table. Now put your head in your hands so the tears would then flow. That's the way Mr. McShane used to do. Those who knew him said it was not what he said that put him under conviction. It was the way he looked or appeared to them to be standing in the immediate presence of the Most High God. In facing the struggles and decisions that we all have to face that shape our lives for the Lord, think of what the gospel did for the life of Robert Murray McShane, who died at just 29 years old, but saw his life dramatically change when God's word and his grace took over. And then see the sadness and rejection of the priests and council who turned their back on the Lord. How has God changed you? Is there a contrast between your unsaved life and the one you have now? Remember the words of the apostles when they said, under great pressure, we have to obey God rather than men. This podcast has been a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church, a church home for all people. If what you've heard has been an encouragement to you, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to connect with Colonial or find more resources, you can find us online at colonialindy.org. You can also check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope to see you next time on the Colonial Hills Podcast.